I wonder if any of you have noticed that the rhythms of the semester are not always conducive to the rhythms of life. <laughs> you have been waiting for a professor to say that for a really long time. I am feeling that myself this semester, but if the rhythms of the semester are not conducive to life, I would also dare say they are not conducive to the rhythms of Lent. The timing of the semester with its due dates means that we are stretched far too thin. Our assignments have piled up, and for those of us who grade, those piles might be higher than your assignments. Then there are work schedules and life schedules, and it seems as though it is all too intense. There are family plans, and some of you may even try and travel next week. Here we are in the middle of the semester, and somehow not only does life get lost in the middle of the semester, but Lent can get lost as well. And so we're grateful for days like yesterday for the ten embrace service that led us to the cross. And for Cade, reading a very long section of scripture to remind us that when it comes to the cross, we cannot pick and choose segments that we want to focus on, but it is one long narrative. So if Lent gets lost in the middle of the semester, some of us would even say that Jesus gets lost in the middle of our semester as well. In fact, some of us may be embarrassed to admit how easy it is to lose track of Jesus in the middle of life and in the semester, in the middle of everything that we have pressing in around us. Our Lord, relegated to the margins of life pushed to the periphery. So we need days like today to come back and refocus our attention. But even in the refocusing of our attention, might we ask sometimes, Jesus, where are you? Are you just an afterthought? We're reading about you, Lord, in our classes. We're focusing on you in our life together. We're even thinking about what it means to be called by you to serve outside of Asbury Theological Seminary in some capacity. And yet, are there times, Jesus, where you're just an afterthought? May it never be. Or should we ask, could it be? Could it be that we lose track of Jesus? It can. And so today we need to be reminded again of what's coming next week. So it's good that we as a seminary prepare for uh, Holy Week, the week before Holy Week, because probably of all Christians, we need to go through Holy Week twice, right? <laughs> We probably are the ones who should know Holy Week best, and yet we lose track of it perhaps too easily. And so today, we're reminded again 
of the jarring events of our Lord's death. We need to be confronted again with that long story and see Jesus standing before Pilate where his life was exchanged with that of Barabbas in crass cries for death. Crucify him, crucify him. We need to be reminded again that in that crucifixion, Jesus was stripped bare and utterly exposed, completely vulnerable to all who would pass by and ridicule him and taunt him. Not just those passing by, not just the criminals hanging on either side of him, not just in the voices of the chief priests. Jesus' last final cry for breath reminds us again of how much we need to focus in on the Lord and see him. It's interesting that in that long story that Mark gives us of Jesus suffering his death, that at the very end, there is this unexpected announcement, perhaps from the most unlikely person present, that of a Roman centurion. He was just there doing his job. How many times had he stood next to a cross, looking a criminal in the eye and watching that person take their last breath and expire? But there was something different this time for this Roman centurion. There was something different about the way this man Jesus died For in looking at Jesus and hearing his final cry, he exclaims, truly, truly this man was God's son. He knew that there was something different and he exploded in a confession that we would not have expected from a Roman centurion. As those of us today who are surveying, again, the cross and remembering our Lord's suffering, that announcement, the announcement of the centurion, might be the anchor that we need to keep our hearts and minds fixed on the Lord. That cry of recognition or confession might be the thing that reminds us again of who Jesus is in our lives. And if that's true, we could simply stop right there with the narrative that Mark gives us. But Mark doesn't stop there. Surprisingly, Mark goes on to give us more than maybe some of us even remembered was present in this gospel. So here again, verses 40 and 41. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James the Younger and of Joseph and of Salome. These used to follow him and provided for him when he was in Galilee. 
and there were many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. So in addition to the cast of characters that we've already encountered, the chief priests, the elders and the scribes, Pilate and Barabbas, the crowds, the soldiers, the taunting criminal, criminals and the confessing centurion, we now encounter this, these women. Seemingly, out of nowhere, Mark names the women who were present at the cross. Did you notice their names? Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger, and Joseph, Salome, and many other women who had come up with him from Jerusalem? Did you catch their names? And did you recognize this is the first time in Mark's gospel where these women were named? It's as if Mark pulls them out of the shadows and introduces us to them for the very first time. We might be tempted at seeing the names of these women and smiling and acknowledging that it's a, their names are an interesting detail nestled in this story of Jesus' death. But these two verses are more than an intriguing footnote, and they're more than an afterthought that Mark dropped in to provide a bridge into Jesus' burial. These were the women that were known by Jesus. These were women who were Jesus' disciples. These were women who had followed him. Until this point, in Mark's gospel, they were merely a part of the crowds. And if you've had IBS, Mark, you know there's a repetition. Just read through Mark again and notice how many times the crowds are present over and over and over again. And among those crowds were people who followed Jesus, who sought after him, who yearned for him, and who became his disciples. These women, these women who made it all the way from Galilee to Jerusalem were a part of those crowds. Here, they're called out from the crowds. Mark calls them out. He calls them by name, and they're recognized. Far from being an afterthought for Mark, these women were true disciples who had taken up their cross and willingly followed Jesus all the way to Golgotha. They were faithful to the call of discipleship that Jesus issued to others earlier in the gospel. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. We know that he called the disciples, all 12 of them who we know by name, but he called more than tw just 12 disciples. He called a whole host of others, and these women are a part of that host who are faithful all the way to the end. These were women who had provided for Jesus during his life, 
and now we see that they have not, they have not abandoned him in the face of death, in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their confusion, their questions, their uncertainty, and their grief, they stayed with him and they watched him breathe his very last breath. Their love and devotion for the Lord compels them to be present with him even though they don't understand the events that are unfolding. So for us, as we proceed into the rest of this semester with all of its demands and with all of its distractions and as we anticipate Holy Week, may we join these women who are more than an afterthought. May we join Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph and Salome. May we with them take up our cross as faithful disciples. May we follow Jesus all the way to the cross during this Lenten season and be faithful to him in the middle of papers and reading, in the middle of the demands on our time and whatever else threatens to undo us, may we follow because apart from Jesus, we know nothing. May we be called from the crowds as the women were and be named as those compelled to be present with him, not as an afterthought, never as an afterthought, but may we be compelled to be present with him because that, my friends, is our calling both in life and in death. Amen.